Uh, my name's Alan Budd. Uh, I've been here since uh, 2009, and I do things with the young adults, and then I also do uh, the guest services, hospitality. I come from a large family. I have uh, not one, not two, but five brothers, and I have not two, not three, but five sisters. So five brothers, five sisters. It was always crazy. I was the oldest boy uh, in, in the home, and it was nuts all the time. And, uh, you know, because we had a larger family, we didn't go out a lot, but every so often we'd go to the movies, and we'd go to the Dollar Theater, and I can just remember sitting there in the, in the movie, watching the movie, and I look over at my mom, and she's not watching the movie. She's looking down the aisle here at all of us watching the movie, and I thought, Mom, you're crazy. Well, first of all, I mean, you had 11 kids, you're crazy. But I'm like, the movie's up there, but she was watching us, and she filled me in later, and she said, that she enjoyed watching us enjoy the movie. Her life was her kids. It's 11, it's kind of have to be, right? And more than once, I can remember on her birthday, she would get um, some birthday money from my grandparents. And immediately when she got this birthday money, she would go to the store and she'd buy something for the kids and not for herself. And my mom was just very selfless. I don't know how... Uh, she did it. I can't imagine raising, I lived in that home, but I can't imagine raising that many. I mean, even just having six boys, we have half that many. We have three boys, and it's already uh, nuts, uh, utter chaos all the time at my home. Today was, was like every other day. I, uh, if you don't have boys, or if you don't have three boys, I don't even know how that is. Uh, what my wife has on her Facebook page kind of says it all. Let me, let me read this to you. This is her profile picture. It says this. My friend asked me what it was like to live in a house full of boys. So I peed on her bathroom floor, ate everything in her fridge, told her 800 stories about Minecraft, farted 20 times, and when she was ready to kill me, I gave her a hug and told her she was pretty. <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. So, so we had three boys, and we wanted a girl, uh, and we felt like our home had more love to give, and my wife said, but this body has no more kids to give, which I, can, I mean, I can understand. I mean, yes, it's a beautiful thing you end up with. But I want some new power tools, but I don't think I would go through that. So we've been fostering a daughter for the last uh, one and a half years, and it's been challenging, but, but so good. And we found out just this week that uh, our court date for adoption has been set for July 27th. And so we're excited. Thank you. So if you'll pray that everything goes well as we go through that date, so she'll be forever in our family. And there's just so many kids that need a home, and whether it's temporary or long-term, and it makes me think, I mean, all of us are living in a temporary home, right? We're waiting for a new adopted home with God, and, and we've got a full house now, and you know, maybe this is something you've thought about fostering or foster adopter, any of those things. Hey, we'd love to chat about it. If you have any questions, you can ask me or my wife. It's crazy. Uh, my wife is excited, though, this weekend. Her and Katie have matching dresses, so they're going to be wearing those, and so they're excited about that. Super cute. So anyways, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, the best way I can describe it is this. Moms have the easiest job in the world to take for granted. But being a mom is the toughest job you will ever love. So thank you to all the moms. May we support you. May we hold strong for you. Thank you so much. Um, Let's get into our passage in Acts. We've been studying that the past uh, 
several weeks, and so we're picking up right where we left off. And so if you weren't here last week, kind of help you kind of paint the picture as we move forward. So Peter and John uh, healed this beggar at the gate, and uh, that got some attention. It got some noise, a lot of people listening to them. Well, this didn't make the religious leaders, the Supreme Court of that day, the Sanhedrin, very excited with them. They put them in, in uh, locked them up for the night to figure out what to do. They got them in front of this big band of 70 people or whatever it was, and told them that they should stop doing this. And uh, what did they say? I mean, it had been easy to say, uh, well, no, um, I, I hear you. We don't want to make you mad. We'll back off. We'll just kind of ease back a little bit. But that's not what they said. Uh, Peter and John, and then the beggar, I call them, because you know, Peter and John, PJ, but then there's the beggar, so it's PB and J, so I call them PB and J. So PB and J were standing there like, listen, we're going to listen to God. That's what we're going to do. You do what you need to do. And I just look at that response, and I'm like, that response is bold. Or if you've watched those uh, Butterfinger commercials recently, have you seen those? But they always talk about this is bolder than bolder than bold. That seems to me like bolder than bolder than bold. They're standing in front. Just like Steve said last week, they could have took the opportunity to just kind of like, you know, whiff at the plate and just not say anything. But that's not what they did. And so recently here, just a couple weeks ago, at my primary job, I manage a dental practice. And I'm there, and some guy that's in my men's group, uh, he's now a vendor for our practice. He does some work for us. And my boss, the dentist, asked me how I knew him. And I was like, well, he's in my men's group. And he goes, what's that? And I'm, I said something like, you know, we get together, have breakfast on Tuesdays, and we, you know, encourage each other. And it, I mean, it was, it was a fine little nice little message, but if I'm honest, that was really, really bland. I mean, it felt like I was saying something more like, uh, yeah, we sit around cross-stitch verses on pillows or something. It just felt very just, and maybe I'm just a little gun-shy because I had a job loss that was potentially partly because I shared my faith, but I, I, I wanted something different, and I, I didn't want to say there in that moment, like, Yes, on Tuesdays we glorify, we magnify his name, hallelujah, this is what we do, we have eggs, and we praise Jesus for these eggs, and so that was a little over the top, I don't want that, but there's probably something in between that might fall more in the category of bold, or let alone bolder than bolder than bold. Have you been there? You ever been in that spot where you're like, ah, bummer, I wish I would have been more bold? Well, we have a high view, a value of the view of the Word of God, and we're going to look at uh, Acts, and we're going to walk through this passage together. It's there so we, it can encourage us, instruct us. Uh, we're going to unpack this next section, and I love reading the Bible this way. We're going to do that today, and listen, I'm going to promise you, even if you were dragged here or you came because your mom said you had to, it's Mother's Day, and it was like, that's what you got to do, you're still going to get something out of this if you put a little bit into it, okay? So stay with me. Let me uh, first pray and kind of ask Jesus, to help us, okay? Lord Jesus, I just thank you that we get to be here. We get to look in your word and see what you have to say to us. We want it to be about you. Help us to look carefully at what you say and, and try to determine what the meaning is so that we can apply it to our life and live differently because of it. Would you reveal that to us? Would you show us where we're heading the right direction and steer us away if it's in the wrong direction. We give it to you and ask all for your glory. Amen. So if you want to go ahead and pull out your study guide in your worship folder, you can kind of follow along. There's some fill-in-the-blanks there. I hate doing those, but I gave them to you guys because some people love it. 
I'll try really hard to make sure I hit all those fill in the blanks. But let's look at this passage starting in Acts 4, 23. And it says this. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them. That story I just told you, right? And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. I'm going to stop us there for a second. You've had some crazy things happen to you, right? Where something crazy happens, you go and tell your friends. Just a couple weeks ago, my wife was driving the freeway with Katie, and somebody sideswiped her. She saw it, moved out of the way. Just They slammed into the car. She's, she slid off. Everything was okay. She calls me and says, hey, got into a car accident on the freeway. I'm okay. And you know what my reply was? I said, wow, I'm so glad you're okay. That's a terrible reply. I'm not saying why I said, hey, you should have got hurt. No, no, no. But she said, I said, I'm so glad you're okay. And we moved about our day instead of what did they do? And something big like this happened. When they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. They told their friends the crazy story and they immediately prayed. When they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. And that challenges me. I mean, think about it. When crazy happens to you, when something praiseworthy happens to you, and you tell somebody about it. What's our first response? Is it to pray? Or just to move on with our day? That challenges me already. Let's keep reading this passage here. This is the prayer that they say, okay? It starts like this. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Sovereign Lord, supreme power and authority over all, who made everything creator, designer, they acknowledge without reservation the powerful God to whom they've had approached. And how many times have I just simply diminished his power by the way that I approach him, even in my prayer? I think, you know, I'll start prayers like this sometimes. And if you do this, don't be offended. But I'll say things like, dear God. And, you know, that's not bad, but like it sounds too much like, dear diary. Today, I, you know, I just, I'm approaching the sovereign Lord. I'm like, dear God. But they started with such reverence in the show that there's this powerful God who made everything, heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it, and that's who we're coming to right now. That challenges me. Then they go on to say this, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage? And the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Now, this is what I call a throwback verse, because they're talking about a verse that was in Psalm 2. And listen, I used to be really lazy when it come to these in my Bible. They'd have like one of those little reference notes, and it'd say, go see here. And I'm like, I know it says it's there. The Bible's true, so I don't have to look it up. I was really lazy about it, but when I stopped being lazy, and it was when I got an iPad, because then you could just click the thing, and it was like, bleep, here it is, and then I could read it, but then it started opening up even more to me, because then I could follow that and follow the next one and see, what is he saying with this? So when they reference this passage, when they point back to Psalm 2, what, what is it saying? Let me read the, what this says next, because it's talking about the condition of those who set themselves against God. It says, kings and rulers gather against the Lord. And then verse 4, which is not in that passage, when you go to Psalms 2 and see verse 4, it says this. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. I mean, ridicule. I mean, mockery. Like, 
what are you thinking? They set themselves against God, and he laughs. And a picture, what is this laugh like? Is it kind of like a belly laugh? You know, it's like, <laughs> is that how he laughs? Or is it more like a, I got you laugh? <laughs> you know, is it one of those? Is it one of those, uh, you've got to be crazy coming up against me? <laughs> I don't know, what, what, whatever he laughs, but he laughs because it's so ridiculous for these mere men to put themselves up against God. It's like if I said to you, yeah, so I'm getting this uh, one-on-one basketball tournament against LeBron James. I'm going to totally win. You would, not bet on, you would not bet on me. I mean, it's that ridiculous times like a million, although I could totally beat him <laughs> in chess. Um, but here's the point. <laughs> it goes on in verse 10. It says, Now therefore, this is still in, in Psalms 2, Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. This kiss the son is talking about the heir to David, right? King David, that there was one that's a better and truer king coming. And so when they reference this voice, they, this verse, they know they're talking about the Jesus that they serve, that he's the one and true king. He came to have complete rule over heaven and earth. And whoever sets himself against him is foolish. They reminded themselves about the promise of God's true ruler, Jesus. So they're praying, and as they pray, they're helping themselves see who God is, what he's already done. And then they go on to say this, verse 27 in Acts 4, For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, all those people, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. All these people that are foolish against God gather together against the anointed, but still, whatever they did was your plan. So they declare without exception that even the actions taken by the ones against Jesus was part of God's plan. All of it. The bad, the hard, the wicked. Earthly leaders are not able to step outside of his plan He's not surprised. He's not shocked. I mean, does any of you struggle to believe this? When bad things happen. That somehow, maybe, maybe this thing that happened today, maybe, maybe this shocks Jesus. Maybe this surprised him. Maybe he didn't know this was going to happen. Maybe it's outside of what he's doing or his, his plan. You ever been tempted to think that? So they're reminding, they're helping themselves on how to think, how to believe, who they're approaching, what he's already said, and what he said he's going to do. And then, then comes their ask. Verse 29. This is what they ask. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I love this ask. They're actually asking him to grant certain things with conditions. You see that? He said, will you grant to your servants, 
for your word to be proclaimed while you work through your servant Jesus, not bless what we've chosen to do so that whatever we do is just good. He says, when we do this, when we're serving you for your purpose, will you grant that to happen with boldness? See, their prayer was not only to fulfill their own purpose, but it was to fulfill his purpose. Think about it. What a way to approach God, our life problems, our concerns, and even our mission for him. Use me if. Use me if I'm being your servant while you do what you do. I mean, maybe you're like me. I, I get so focused sometimes on the problem at hand. Right? Whatever's happening in my life that gets all my focus, all my attention. But if I just, if I just back up a little bit and I say, let's look at this, how God sees this. Way out here, not right on top of it, but back up and let's see how God sees this. I mean, sometimes we just need to slow down, back up, and say, Lord, your servant, your word, what you're doing, you. Not me. Let God be God. And they did that. Let's, let's see what happens. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, so they said this prayer, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now that's a fast answer to prayer. The place was shaken so they know his presence and his power, but he didn't just answer their prayer. He gave them a better answer. He didn't just give them permission to continue with boldness, but he actually filled them with the Holy Spirit to give them the desire and the ability from him to continue in boldness. Answered it quick and he answered it better. God displayed his power. He filled them with the Holy Spirit to speak with boldness so they were fully prepared. I'm going to fill you with my spirit, give you my desire and my ability. Sometimes I'm tempted to read passages like this and I just zip, zip right through it. Let me just recap here a second what we just read so far, okay? They told their friends their crazy story and then immediately prayed. They acknowledge without reservation the powerful God to whom they have approached. They remind themselves of the promise of God's true ruler, Jesus. They declare without exception that even all the actions taken by the ones against Jesus was part of God's plan. Their prayer was only to fulfill his purpose, not their own. All about God. And then God displayed his power. He filled them with the Holy Spirit to speak with boldness so they were fully prepared. Now that sounds to me like bolder than bolder than bold. Now I read this and go, where, where can this go from here? That's some good stuff. They surrender to him, fill with his spirit, speak in the word of God with boldness. What happens next? Verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. 
I don't know about you, do you, have a, do you have a hard time picturing what this looks like? Everything, no one said anything belonged to them, everything in common. I mean, that's not the American way. This is my stuff. I put it in my garage because it's mine, right? I take it to my house or it's in my car. It's my stuff. Now, if I want to let you borrow it, what am I going to do? I'm going to pull a Sharpie, bud, so you know it's mine. Here you go. Yes, for sure, Bart. If you're wondering whose it is, it's mine. It says my name on it. Just bring it right back to me, okay? Thanks. You know, that's the American way, right? It's my stuff. Versus no one said that anything belonged to him. It was his own. I mean, that just seems tough. I'm just picturing, you know, in the mornings in the courtyard, right? You're walking out. You get up in the morning. You walk over to the fountain or, you know, whatever's there. And you look over and go, hey, that's my toothbrush. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, everything, everything in common with each other. I mean, that'd be a little weird, right? Or you're getting ready in the morning and you're like, is this even my loincloth? I don't, you know, it's like, that would be right. It's, it's, just, it's just weird. Everything is everybody's. Now, sometimes this can be helpful, right? We say, well, I'm sorry, you do have to watch my kids. We have everything in common. See you, sweetheart. Mama's going to Starbucks. You know, they would be helpful sometimes, right? That's not what it's saying here. This is not a, it's not a way to force somebody or a way to do a particular way. The language is actually very strong. It's not taking advantage, but a heart action. It says the full number, the whole group, full number, everybody, everybody there. So it's not like, uh, well, 20% or the top 10 you know, people in the group, but everywhere, the full number with one heart and one soul. And that word, one heart, literally means their thoughts, their feelings, and that one soul means their very core, their very breath. They were all together in oneness. Oneness, their thoughts and feelings and their very breath. Everything unified, one. No one's saying, this is mine. And they didn't not just call it their own because they said, well, this is good to you know, participate and be part of a good group. They realized they'd already forsaken everything to Christ. And so they lived that out. And as they lived that out, what happened? Verse 33, let's keep reading. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Because they were living so unified, without distraction, without disruption, purely focused in unison, they had great power. The apostles responded to the Spirit and great grace. The Spirit responded to the people. There was a, there was a connection, that community, because they were responding to the Spirit inside of them, responding to what was happening in their community instead of being focused on what was theirs. Now, this is not the, the part of the show where we say, let's sign over the deeds to the homes, right? But we do want to see that their time, their energy, their passion, what they had 
they said was not their own, and they're not going to waste it on frivolous things. They heard the truth, and it changed them. It changed them. The sheer magnitude of who Christ is and what Christ has done for them drove them to respond differently than other people would have responded. He gave all, so we respond, and we, we come and lay it at his feet and say, use it. And then we get a testimony, a particular person's response included here for us. So let's, let's read that in verse 36. Thus Joseph, who is also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now this, not a blueprint to follow. This is purely a testimony of his heart response. He had a declaration that he wanted to make to show his response to Christ. He wanted to separate himself from the ties of this world. He was going to continue to start preaching the gospel. Became a companion of Paul and his missions. Sometimes I look at this stuff. Well, that's fine. That's his response. I don't want to do this. And I don't, I don't want to get confused here. It's not about you. That was a testimony of what God did in his life. His response displayed his call. His testimony declared his belief. And for us, what we believe should change how we live, right? I mean, our belief, our devotion determines our due. Our devotion determines our due. This helps me. Maybe this will be helpful for you. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. tells us to believe the gospel of our salvation, be sealed with the Holy Spirit. As we believe better, then we get a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, a seal that says, hey, you're his, so you can just rest, and you can breathe easy, you can breathe better. It's finished, it's done. You don't have to try to run this rat race and try to make it happen for yourself. He did it all. Because of what you believe, you're sealed. A deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. Till when? The redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. And so now, I just get to praise his glory. So it changes how I behave. See, as I believe better, like that prayer that they prayed in the beginning, to remind themselves, this is God's plan. As I receive the truth in my heart, my life, as I understand it, I believe better. It allows me to breathe better. It allows me to know it's all about him, not what I can do, what I can accomplish. Knowing that I've been guaranteed through the true king, my place, my adoption to him, I get to breathe better now out of that. Now that I've already given everything I can to, to Christ and just respond and say, what do I do now? 
Now I can behave better. Now I can change because of the, the Holy Spirit placed inside of me, part of God, inside of me. That's just crazy. I get to praise his glory. So imagine, just imagine, what if we, what if we all were doing this? What if we continue to fill ourselves with this kind of truth so our response was just one where we could just relax for a minute, understand for a minute, and then just respond more free by what he's doing. We do that as a church. We do it in unity. And so that we even look around in our community and say, anyone that has need, hey, it's good. We've got it. We're covered. Giving testimony in unity without reservation. Giving like that early church. Wow, I mean, I just, I just picture that. And I think, you know, listen, I think New Life, we do a good, pretty good job. I really do. Man, what if we just let that belief sink in deeper? And we let it apply to our life. So in freedom, we just respond. So how are we going to behave? How are we going to be bolder than bolder than bold? So the next time when this happens to me and I get an opportunity or I get a chance to say something about my faith, that it not one where I back away, maybe I'm a little more built up and stronger because I know that we're in unison. How is that going to help me be bolder than bolder than bold? What about you? What about your response? What will be your response to give praise of his glory? See, because I look at this, and when it says the full number, there was both an individual response and a community response. All the individuals had to decide and be one with Christ. And then they had to decide to be one with each other, right? There's two parts here. So we each got to look and say, well, what's our response? So am, I, am I living bolder than bolder than bold do I want to? What is the way that I can behave better in such a way I can give praise of his glory. So think about that for you for a second. I mean, maybe, it's, maybe it is something tangible. Maybe it is something of a treasure. Maybe there is something that is material that we have to lay at his feet that we're just think about too often or it comes to our mind too quickly or it would be so much more important to us than a person in our life. This is how I, I kind of test that. If, if I had something that someone I cared about broke, would I just really be mad at that person? I mean, it's, it's be disappointed, right? If you break something, it's like, I really like, oh, man. You know, and then you're like, oh, okay, if I love you more than I love this. When that starts to get, maybe, maybe something material. Maybe, you, maybe there's something, you know, your prized possession. I don't know what it is. I'm not telling you to go sell it, but if it's got a hold in us. What keep us from being unified as one, maybe it's just this believe better part. Because if we don't believe appropriately, we don't have this deep and true belief about who Jesus is, what he came to do. We can't rest in anything else. So maybe for you, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I just, I believe, but I don't know. I don't believe that I believe that I believe. I don't, you know, is it more time in word, in the word, in prayer, talking with other people around you? I mean, what is it that for you, for me, I'm going to write mine, for you, what is your response to say, if I want to live this life and I want this community people, all of us together, to live a life like this, what is my response? Would keep me from 
praise of his glory. And maybe it has to do with his community. I mean, sometimes it's, we have to get over this fact that we have to let someone either help us or be willing to help someone else. I think the one where we let someone else help us, that's the really hard one. Like, for just, I, I, I don't need, I'm okay, I'll be fine, I'll get there eventually. But that's a breakdown, right? That's a distraction between what they're talking about here, of living in that one heart and one mind, having that very core of themselves all together. If you say, well, I'm okay, don't worry, I'll catch up. If we were on a hike together and you said that, and we're like, okay, I'll see ya. Never going to see them again. Right? They're going to fall behind. No, we'd say, come on, you got to stay with us, right? We stay together as a group. And so maybe for you, maybe, maybe, maybe it's letting somebody help. Maybe it's looking for a way to help. I, I, I don't know. What, what is it for you? We each individually have a response. And us as a church, we have a response. And so listen, we're going to have here in just, in just a few minutes, we're going to you know, do, do some more songs. And we have our prayer partners as usual. This is one of those things where maybe, maybe you need to speak it out loud. Maybe you're like, something here is like, I, I know I'm kind of holding back. If you said, do, do you believe, 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 so that you can breathe and rest? I do, but that but, I, I w- I'm just going to ask you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, if, if you have one of those, would you just let someone pray? Just explain it to them. Hey, here's what's going on. Will you pray for me? Let them do that. Maybe you just need to just praise with somebody. That's always a great thing, too. But we have to look at our response and then be open enough to share it so that we can be that type of Are you with me? Be that type of community? Are you with me? See a couple of heads? There you go. Stay. Okay, stay hand. Okay, great. So I would like to pray for us, kind of a prayer like they prayed. Would you join me in that? I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to sing some more. We're going to praise his name. And let your response be your response. So pray with me, okay? Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. For truly in this city, there are distractions against your holy servant Jesus. In our minds, there's distractions. In our hearts, there's things that tug us, things that pull us away. But Lord, we want to be servants for you and be focused on you. One heart, one mind. In response to what you did. Would you help us to be bold? Proclaiming your word. Be bold. And sharing our faith with each other Whatever is holding us back, will you help us be bolder than bolder than bold? Lord, would you look upon any of the distractions, any of the threats, any of the things that come against us, and would you grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Amen.